USC got plenty of help in their quest to get into the college football playoff. And uh, I think they may, may even have gotten more than people think. And who might they see in the Pac-12 championship game? A lot of different ways that can play out. Let's go. Our Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Lockdown Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with our beloved Conference of Champions. Keep liking, commenting, subscribing, please, and thank you wherever you listen to or watch the show, which today is brought to you by Upside. Download the free Upside app. Use promo code LOCKED to get $5 more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. So, the big game in Los Angeles goes the way of the Trojans. So they continue to be alive for a college football playoff spot, having now clinched a spot in the Pac-12 championship game. They've got Notre Dame and then whomever they may meet in Las Vegas next Friday, which we will get to. Not this Friday, next Friday, which we'll get to a little later in the show. But right now, their college football playoff path is starting to clear. And I think, though... It may sound at times like I'm kind of contradicting myself just because I think other other games are going to play out in a certain way that will favor USC. I think the Trojans control their own destiny to get into the playoff. Here's why. Tennessee loses. They're out. They will not get in. You cannot have your second loss be to South Carolina and be a two loss non-SEC champ. Tennessee is out of the playoff discussion. So that opens it up for USC. The other team that's right on their heels is LSU. I think LSU is a good football team. I do not think LSU is good enough to beat Georgia. If they do beat Georgia, that's a problem for USC because then the Ohio State-Michigan winner who's going to win the Big Ten Championship, the other side of that conference is just terrible. Divisions are dumb. The winner of that will be in automatically. The winner of the SEC will be in. If that's LSU, they will not knock Georgia out of the playoff. They'll probably just bump Ohio State up to the one, LSU probably the four, and then Georgia plays, you know, whoever else is in there. Maybe it's TCU. But TCU had another win. They're 11-0, really impressive stuff from Sonny Dice team. But they had another close win. And TCU hasn't been higher than fourth. And remember in the first edition of the rankings, when they were 8-0, they were ranked, what was it, seventh, eighth? They weren't knocking on the door of being in the top four in the eyes of the committee. So what they're telling you is that based on their schedule and also probably just a little bit of eye test because they've won so many close games, another one against an average Baylor team on Saturday, they're operating on very thin ice. Now, if TCU loses this week to, I think it's Texas Tech who they play, they they play somebody who's not, or Iowa State, they they play Iowa State this week. Uh, Let me, let me, let me double check that. yeah, they play, they play Iowa State. They will win that game. So that is telling me that TCU, the fact that they haven't gotten much respect in the rankings, is not going to be above USC unless they win the Big 12. If they win the Big 12 championship game, they're ahead of the Trojans. Totally understand that. 
undefeated, comparable conferences, though the Pac-12 is much, much stronger this year. I think the Pac-12 has a case to be the second strongest in terms of depth, uh, second strongest conference in America behind the SEC. I mean, they've got six teams that are going to be in in this next edition of the uh, college football playoff top 25. And Oregon State has a good case to be inside the top 20, as does every other team. So, or in, in, in the Pac-12, that is. So I think that helps USC. And TCU, if they lose to Iowa State, like if they get upset right there, I don't think if they come back and win the Big 12 championship, the Horn Frogs will be kept out. USC could perhaps jump over them in the rankings, but I still think TCU could get in. 12-1 and one with a conference championship probably gets you in. But if they win this Saturday, then they have to win that Big 12 championship. There, I, I do not see them with the way they've treated their schedule this year, staying ahead of a one-loss conference champion USC if they are a, a 12 and one, if they're a 12 and one team without a Big 12 championship. So that's one team that could get in their way. Another team that could get there is LSU. I don't think they're going to beat Georgia. So again, if USC beats Notre Dame and then they win the Pac-12 championship, Really hard to look around and say, well, here are the teams who are going to be ahead of him. The Ohio State-Michigan winner will be in, and the SEC championship winner will be in, probably Georgia. Those are kind of the only two locks. Nobody else is a sure thing. The potential chaos team here is Clemson, because it looks like because the ACC is so bad. I mean so bad. You should have to be 13-0 to be a playoff team from the ACC. But Clemson is getting some institutional brand respect, and they keep winning games, even though they got housed by Notre Dame, who I think USC is going to beat this weekend. And frankly, who I'd like to have <laughs> beat this weekend, so people can be reminded that Notre Dame lost to Stanford, Marshall, and almost lost to Cal. They're a better team than that. I'll talk about that game later in the week. But Notre Dame is still not that good. But speaking of Notre Dame, here's the other advantage that USC got in their quest to get into the top four. Notre Dame, even if, and I think when, USC wins against the Fighting Irish this week, probably going to be in the top 25. Helps the resume. Helps the resume quite a bit. Oregon State, top 25 caliber. When the, when the, playoff, when the playoff committee makes a decision, I think even if they lose to Oregon, they will probably be in there at 8-4. and four. Notre Dame would be in the top 25. UCLA going to remain in the top 20, probably beats Cal this week and stays there. I think if you're USC, you are now rooting for UCLA, right? You got to build up your resume as much as you can. You want UCLA to not just win, but win convincingly against Cal, keep them inside the top 20, barely lost to Utah, and then whoever you'd play in the Pac-12 championship, which looks like it'll be Oregon, but that is far from a sure thing. They're in the best spot, as I'll, as I'll get to, but that is not that is not a surefire thing. But Notre Dame is coming off of a blowout win, and the committee loves them some Notre Dame and doesn't care about the Marshall and Stanford losses, apparently. So now what you have, if you're USC, is an opportunity to beat a Notre Dame team that is viewed upon favorably. Not just an 8-3 and three team that is viewed upon favorably. An 8-3 and three Notre Dame team that is viewed upon favorably. That's a resume builder. That is a resume builder. Should it be as much as it is going to me, going to be, in my view? No. But it is, and that's the reality. So now as USC looks at all these dominoes that would have to fall, 
I don't think they even need that many. Because think about the Ohio State-Michigan game. I think if you're USC, you're a big Ohio State fan. Big, big, big Ohio State fan. Because although, now that I think about it, not all hope is lost if Michigan wins that game. Because Ohio State would then be a one-loss, non-Big Ten champion. And their best win would be against Notre Dame. And if USC wins... They would have that same win over Notre Dame, but they would also have a conference championship. Still, I think it's safer to assume that USC would get in over Michigan because of their ridiculously weak, pathetic, abysmal, and cringeworthy non-conference schedule that they played this year. I think that is a more surefire bet for the Trojans to go over if they're 12-1 and in Pac-12 champs than Ohio State, though I think they would. I, I think they would but I still feel a little more confident about Michigan in, in that particular sense. So the path is really starting to clear up. The, if TCU loses either of their next two games, I think USC at 12-1 and one would be better. I, think, I do not believe LSU is going to be good enough to beat Georgia. Maybe I'm wrong in that sense, but the 12-1 and one is still going to be pretty appealing for the committee. And whoever loses Ohio State-Michigan, probably out. Probably out. Right now, I'd say Ohio State-Michigan winner, which I think will be Ohio State, Georgia, TCU, and I think USC will get a crack at those Georgia Bulldogs. That's the path right now. Who could USC have to go through in the Pac-12 championship game? A lot of different ways that could play out. I will tell you who might get there, what their paths are, but whether it's driving less, dining out less, buying less from the grocery store, we can all agree there's nothing fun about less because inflation has us all thinking about different ways to cut Back. With Upside, I don't have to cut back because I get cash back on every purchase and you can too. Download the free Upside app. Use my promo code locked and get $5 more cash back on your first purchase of $10 more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card and get paid. In comparison, credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Download the free Upside app. Use my promo code LOCKED. Get $5 more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Promo code LOCKED. Go check out Upside today. So, couple different ways the Pac-12 championship game next Friday in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium could play out. There are three teams that can get there. The possibility of a five-way tie is now gone because USC is done with Pac-12 play. They finish 8-1. and one. Mighty impressive stuff from Lincoln Riley. They finish 2-1 and one in close games, which is really, really good for a team that was 4-8 and eight a season ago. Games decided by three points or less. Utah, Oregon State, and then UCLA on Saturday. They've been very, very good, very, very impressive. And now they look at, you know, who's who are they going to play? Who is their opponent going to be? And for USC, you wouldn't mind facing Washington, but you probably want Oregon to be there just because it's more likely. Now, Washington and Utah can get in. Oregon is the most likely opponent because of the simplicity of the, of the scenarios that ha- would have to play out. So here's who here's who could play in the Pac-12 championship game against USC next Friday and how. Oregon is one option. If they beat Oregon State, they are in. Or if Washington State, which is a slight home underdog to Washington, 
according to our friends at Bet Online. If they beat Washington, then the Cougs would put the Ducks in the championship game, even if they lose to Oregon State. So I'll say that again. Oregon is in if they beat Oregon State or if Washington State beats Washington. Just one of those things needs to happen for the Ducks to get in. That's why they're the most likely team, because then with Utah and Washington, again, this is possible, but here's what Utah would need to have happen to get in. And I think this would be the worst, well, not the worst case scenario for USC, but playing the same team twice, who you already played, you know, uh, head-to-head, and it was a really, really tight matchup, not going to do as much for your resume as beating a new opponent like Oregon or Washington. So Utah, to get into the Pac-12 championship game, still a path for you here, Utes fans. Beat Colorado, easy. Washington beats Washington State. That can definitely happen. Oregon State beats Oregon. And then you would need Cal to beat UCLA. And that's where things get tricky. UCLA's lost two games in a row. I think it's easy to rationalize a mindset of, well, you know, UCLA's feeling down. UCLA's uh, not going to be able to get to the conference championship game, and they're going to be really disappointed or whatnot. I'm more of the belief that Dorian Thompson Robinson does not want to end his career in Pac-12 play, losing three games in a row. I think they'll come out pretty hungry and and trying to get to that 10-win mark with, uh, with a victory in a bowl game, which they can still definitely do. So that has to happen. And then what that would trigger for Utah is a three-way tie with Washington and Oregon. Then we get back into those lovely tiebreaker situations where you need to have the highest combined win percentage in the conference games against conference opponents amongst the three. And then you start going down the list, see where everybody uh, where, where everybody ranks and who's got to win against whom and all that sort of stuff. But they, they being Utah, need to have Cal win that game. Now, Washington can also get into the Pac-12 championship game if they beat Washington State, if Oregon State wins, and if Colorado beats Utah, unlikely, or Cal beats UCLA, and then we go back to the tiebreaker I was talking about a moment ago. So the, the, the most important game that doesn't have a direct ramification on the conference championship this week is Cal and UCLA. Because if UCLA beats Cal, then... It's basically impossible, based on my reading of all the, the, the rules and understanding of situations, for, for Utah or Washington to get in there. And the reason that that comes into play is because Cal beating Utah and Oregon State beating Oregon would put Oregon State and UCLA tied in the conference standings. And from there, you can then get to the strength of schedule and you know common opponents or highest winning percentage against uh, the, the highest ranked conference seeds that, that are remaining other than the ones involved in a potential tiebreaker. And it would get Oregon State up to UCLA's level because the Bees have three conference losses and UCLA is currently sitting also, is that right? Yeah, at, at, at three conference losses. So it would put them, it would, it would organize it in such a way that allows for those teams to get in, but it ha- but it has to happen. So both teams are, are kind of looking for that. I don't know if I explained that super duper well, but I'll, I'll just simplify. Cal is the chaos team. And by the way, I have said throughout the season that 
Cal is usually good for an upset under Justin Wilcox. They haven't had one yet. Beating Stanford, not an upset. Their other three wins, not upsets. Very interesting. Very, very interesting situation there. But Oregon's got the simplest path to get in. Win, and they're in. Nothing else matters. If Oregon beats Oregon State, this all goes out the window, and it'll be Oregon-USC in the Pac-12 championship game, which would be a pretty fun storyline, a lever versus a remainder. I think that could be really, really fun. Same thing would happen, of course, if uh, if you if you told or watch to actually. So you're gonna ha- you're gonna have a lever against uh, against a remainder. So that'll be a storyline regardless. But I think that's a really interesting situation to uh, to just kind of frame the game in in a bigger light and whatnot. But uh, Utah needs to beat Colorado. They need Washington to win, and they need Oregon State to win, and they need Cal to win to get to that tiebreaker. And then Washington has got to beat Washington State. They also want Oregon State to win. And then if Colorado beats Utah somehow, which would be like the upset of the year in a major, major way, or Cal beats UCLA, then we start to get into all those wonderful tiebreakers and and, and figure it out with strength of schedule and such. So that's who could get there. Oregon's got the easiest path, but Utah and Washington, certainly not out of it. And it's rivalry week. Anything could happen. Cal and UCLA, not a rivalry, but a very important game. Okay, enough of that. Let's get to a, someone else asked a question. I apologize, I didn't write your name down, but you know who you are out there about uh, New Year's Six Bowl possibilities. And I, and I talked about this, I think, last week on on the show, but it's relevant again now with where the where the conference championship game is uh, is shaping out to be and also how, uh, how the rest of cultural ball is kind of playing out. Utah getting to a New Year's Six Bowl, probably not going to happen. At 9-3, and three, unless they were to get into the conference championship game and win and get the automatic qualifier to the Rose Bowl, I think Utah is going to be playing in a good but non-New Year's Six Bowl game this year. I'm really interested to see who they'll end up matching up with and, and also how healthy they'll be. Cam Rising hasn't quite looked uh, like himself lately, but I don't think Utah can get there. But the Pac-12 could very easily, with six teams currently in the top 25 and should again in the latest edition of the college football playoff rankings, should continue to be in a good position to have two teams represent them in the six in, in the New Year's Six Bowls. And whether or not one of whether or not USC is in the college football playoff, I don't think dictates whether or not they could get two in. I will tell you how after I talk to you about my friends over at Bet Online, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. Always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. USC getting in the college football playoff, which, as I talked about earlier, I think they control their own destiny for because of how the chips are going to fall. I would certainly put a 12-1 USC over an 11-1 Michigan and probably over an 11-1 Ohio State as well. But if USC doesn't do that, the, the path for two teams in the New Year's Six, I think, is pretty simple. And let's say Oregon gets in the championship game and they play USC. If Oregon wins that game, 
They get the automatic qualifier to the Rose Bowl. They're, of course, not going to the playoff with two losses. But then USC would be sitting there potentially at 11-2. and two. What major bowl game doesn't want an 11-2 and two USC team to put on its field and to put on TV? The answer is they'd all want it. Does the college football playoff committee want them more? Yeah, of course. Because they're in one of the biggest media markets in America. It's not a complicated equation to figure out why that's the case. But if USC at 11 and 2, they'd also be worthy, in my view. Like the loser of the Pac 12 championship game typically has gone to the Alamo Bowl. I'm not putting 11 and 2 USC and Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley, you're not putting them in the Alamo Bowl. That's just not going to happen. That's probably where Utah would end up in that scenario. If Oregon were to win the Pac-12, they'd go to the Rose Bowl. I think USC would be probably the best candidate remaining for a non-automatic qual- for an at-large. That's the, that's the phrase that I'm looking for. They would be one of the best remaining candidates for an at-large New Year's Six Bowl berth which would still be an outstanding season. Like I understand that USC fans are looking at the playoff, hearing people like me talk about how they can get in, which they absolutely can. Season is already a smashing success. I mean, this was team was a disaster a year ago. And now they're 10 and 1. As long as you beat Notre Dame, which I know USC fans always want to do. You beat Notre Dame, you go 11 and 1. Everything that happens from then on is house money in year 1. Because this is a really difficult thing what Lincoln Riley has done. And it's seemingly improbable. Even people who believed in him, you know, to be able to win in his first year, I thought they'd be nine and three. I didn't think they'd go eleven and one. Now I thought eleven and one was more likely than say going seven and five, but I didn't think they could get over ten wins. And here they are at ten. I'm just talking regular season, of course, not including a championship game. I did not think they'd be able to get here. But his play calling and game management in these close games to get those wins against Oregon State and UCLA, and Alex Grinch deserves some credit for that as as well because his defense has made plays when they've needed to, forced to think of combined eight turnovers in those two games. It's 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 pretty remarkable. It's pretty remarkable that you can go from four and eight to potentially eleven and one in one season. But I don't think Utah can get that. Now, the interesting team, here, here's the interesting team. Let's say USC and Oregon meet in the championship game, and then Oregon loses to USC. USC goes into the playoff. Would the Rose Bowl automatically come to Oregon, or would they look at a potentially 10-2 and Washington team? be really interesting to see where they get ranked in the college football playoff committee's latest edition of the rankings. Because if they're inside of, of the top 12 or top 13, if they're in that sort of range, they could 100% be a candidate for that. Lots of stuff, lots, lots of different ways that this, that this could all play out. And of course we'll keep covering it for you here on the show. Appreciate everyone listening. I will see you next time and have a wonderful rest of your day.